Welcome to the Muso Church Podcast. Here, we share the powerful and practical gospel of Jesus Christ until everyone is free and flourishing. We're so excited that you're here. Wherever you're listening from, we are trusting and believing that God is going to touch your life through this podcast. All right, can I, can I preach? How much time do I have? All right. We are on our last. Hey, no, it's not our last. Guys, January, I want to fail. <laughs> Next week is still January, right? Yo. Next week is still January. Yo. Yeah, no. So we are on our second last uh, part of our series titled Honest. And this is a series where we really look at ourselves and begin, I say the subtitle is, we stop looking through the window, we look in the mirror. A lot of us, we look through the window and we see what other people are doing. This year is a year where we don't look through the window, we look in the mirror. We see ourselves, we become honest with ourselves, we reflect on ourselves. And the title of my message today is, There is a Stranger in my house. There is a stranger in my house. There is a poet. There's a poet who wrote a poetry. A powerful woman of God wrote this, this poetry in, in 2000, in the year 2000. And she says, I don't understand. You look just like the man. In the picture, by our bed the suspense is pounding and clouding up my head i've checked your clothes you wear the same size shoes you sleep in his spot you drive in his car but i do not know just who you are there is a stranger in in my house it took a while for me to figure out there is no way you could be who you say you are you have got to be someone else because he would not touch me like that and he would not treat me like you do. He would adore me. He would not ignore me. So I'm convinced there is a stranger in my house. What a poetry. What it says, there is a stranger in my house. Ah, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> The author of the song is writing to a lover and says, I don't recognize who you are anymore. You used to touch me. You used to kiss me. You used to adore me. You used to be this amazing person. The person that I'm seeing now, I don't understand who this person is. And I'm reminded that if I'm being honest with myself, there are times where I have to sing that song to myself and say, okay, so who is this guy? I do not recognize you anymore. There is a stranger in my house. You used to be such a dreamer. You used to be such a lover. You used to be such a prayer warrior. You used to be such a giver. You used to be so creative and so innovative. You used to love the word of God. You used to love serving people. You used to have so much authority. You used to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Who is this guy that you are? There is a stranger in my house. Have you ever looked at yourself and say, who is this guy? 
I don't recognize this guy. Who is this angry guy? I, I, I never used to be so angry. Who is this bitter person in my house? There is a stranger in my house. Emma, shut up. He says, who is this apathetic person? Who is this unforgiving person? You look at yourself and say, there is a stranger in this house. I used to love the word of God. Right now, one verse, I fall asleep. My God. I used to love serving the people of God. Right now, I have all kinds of excuses why I should not serve the people of God. I used to be generous. Right now, I have all kinds of excuses. I used to love my wife. Right now, when I see her, I feel like I can vomit. What? Who is this guy? Ah, it's getting personal. There is a... I used to dream. Today I'm just looking for any job that will pay me 10000 What happened to the dreams of God that he placed inside of me where I used to dream of changing the world? The only thing now that I'm changing is my clothes. I don't dream of changing anything anymore. What happened? There is a... See, there's a stranger in... In my house, I used to be productive. I used to be the first one in at work and the last one out. I used to be diligent. Do you remember the first week where you were working right now? The, the first week when they hired you? Do you remember that week? They found you at the door. You submitted all your assignment on time. What happened? Remember? Remember the wife? You used to take her to dates. You used to buy her flowers. You used to tell her sweet stuff. Today. <laughs> baby, let's go to a restaurant. Ah, it's expensive. I don't even like the food. Hey, Nshatili, I'm restaurant. Remember when you started your business, you wanted to change people's lives, you wanted to serve community, now it's about money, 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 money. What happened? Who's this guy? Remember when you discovered that you could sing, all you wanted was to worship God, now you are showing off. Now we must beg you to come to church. Now you want to, uh, you say, how much are you, when we ask you to come and serve in the church, you ask how much, or see, when you were learning how to play the piano in the church, you were so eager to play the piano for God. Now you ask us, how much are you paying me? Some of us, we started the churches because we really wanted to save people's lives. Now we want people to, to, to carry us when we are walking. We want special seats. Next time you come in here, I want golden chairs here. And you ask, okay, so, but you used to be such a loving guy. What happened? Now I hang out with you after service. A time comes where now there must be... 
suddenly I can't hold my own Bible because it's too heavy. Someone must hold it for me and stand next to me with it. Who's this guy? Sin used to, you used to, you used to, when you have sinned, you used to be so remorseful. Now it's very fucking knife. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Listen to what Paul says. Romans 7. Paul, Romans 7, 15. Paul says, I am a mystery to myself. There is a stranger in my house. Paul wrote this song before Tamia wrote it. Eh? Tamia copied from Paul. He says, I am a mystery to myself for what I want. When I want to do what is right, I end up doing what my moral instincts condemn. I know that what I'm doing is wrong, but I do it anyway. When I want to do something that is right, I end up doing what is wrong. Is it just me or are you here? Like God, this you have promised God that this year is a year where you are going to pray every single morning. Where are you right now? We are, we are on the third week of the year already. You are gone. You see, you know, you're like those people who say, no, I'm going to start in February. <laughs> and then February, you're like, no, it's actually the month of love. So I'm going to start in March. In fact, let's do this. I'm going to start in April for Easter. <laughs> Say, there's a stranger. I used, to, you, you, I used to wake up without an alarm to pray. Now I snooze the alarm. Paul says, I, I'm, a, I'm a mystery to myself. For what I want to do. I don't do what I don't want to do. I do. You know, there's, there's a couple that I know that the marriage is going through the rocks. And, and this lady says, you know when this guy proposed to me, he said to me he had changed. But he's back to the same person. I said to you, my sister, he was not lying to you when he said he had changed. It's just to maintain the change is not easy. Most of us, we were not lying when we say, this year, I'm going to start praying. You are not lying. It's just that it's not, it's not easy. And why is it not easy? Because you are fighting a stranger you do not know exists. Listen to what Paul says. I love Paul. I love Paul. Listen to what Paul says. Paul says, and if my behavior is not in line with my desires, my conscience still confirms the excellence of the law. Now I am realizing that it is, not, uh, it is no longer my true self doing it, but the 
uninvited intruder of sin in my humanity. Paul says, listen, I, I, I'm beginning to understand that in my life there is an uninvited intruder of sin in my life. You see, Paul is saying sin might be fun, but sin is not my friend. It is an uninvited intruder. That's why I am doing the things that I'm doing because there is an uninvited intruder in my life. There's some of us who think sin is our friend because it's comfortable. It's not. Sin can never be your friend. Regardless of how nice it is. Regardless of how sweet it is. Regardless of how great it feels. Sin will never be your friend. Sin will always be an uninvited guest. It's an, sin is an intruder. And what does sin comes and steal your confidence. Sin comes and steal your joy. More than anything, still comes and steal your future. The Bible says, Paul says, but an unwelcome intruder of sin. What is an intruder? Intruder is one who thrusts themselves in without invitation, without permission, without welcome. You see, it's about time we need to start speaking to that thing that is a stranger. We need to start saying the feelings of lust, you are not welcome here. Paul is saying, this thing is not who I am. It is an intruder. The challenge sometimes is that we have identified with what we are going through. Paul is saying, even though I am failing, I am not going to identify with this. Even when I am not praying, I will still call myself a prayer warrior because that's my true identity. What is happening here is an unwelcome intruder. This is not who I am. Paul says, I'm, I, I see what is happening here. You see, the problem sometimes, Barcelona, is that we identify with a nature that is not ours. Paul says, I understand that uh, this is not me. He says, the feeling of lust, you are not welcome here. The thoughts of corruption, anxiety, depression, you have no permission to be here. The words of gossip, you are not welcome here. The mindset of lying, the fruitless relationships, you are an uninvited guest in my life. You see, we, we, I remember when I was going to, they invited me to a wedding in December. No, it was in December, September. Some fancy wedding. And, um, and they sent invitations and they said to, to us, they called me. It was that time where vaccine was a big deal. Seems like it's dying now. I don't know what's happening. It was that time when vaccine was a big deal. They call us. We've accepted invitation. They call us. They say, uh, sorry, sir. We just want to check. Are you vaccinated? We're like, uh, yeah, we are vaccinated. Why? He says, no, if you were not vaccinated, we were withdrawing the invitation. You need to be vaccinated for you to be able to come to our wedding. And I'm like, as Christians, if we can adopt this principle, we'll be far in life. We ask the question, not are you nice? Do I like you? Do I ever say, are you born again? If you are not born again, I am not getting into business with you. Are you born again? 
Hey, no, tall, dark, handsome. I don't care. Are you born again? The principle is here. Is he born? That's the first question. Oh, no, show me. He treats me nice. Is he born again? No, he's a good man. Is he born again? No, he's an honest man. Is he born again? That's the standard. If he's not born again, we clap hands for him for being a good guy, but he's not coming in. You see, guys, we are called to love everyone. I love, I love, I love everyone. But in my house, only those that I'm intimate with get in my bedroom. I can invite you to the lounge. The certain spaces in our lives, we can invite people to the lounge, not to the bedroom. Because in the bedroom, that's where life happens. In the bedroom, that's where conception happens. In the bedroom, that's where life is created. Now you want to invite people to the bedroom that must stand at the foyer. Some of them, they should not even stand at the foyer. They must stand at the gate. Paul says sin is an uninvited intruder. So don't invite him to the bedroom. Let them stay there at the gate. Molem Sabwa. They're in the Eastern Cape. We must, we must learn to practice spiritual social distancing. We must we must must ask must ask the question: are we of the same spirit? How can two work together unless, unless they agree? But, but we have, there's stuff that we have now made friends when they are actually intruders. And it catches up with us as we, as we go. The Bible says sin is an unwelcome intruder. But can I talk about something that a lot of Christians don't want to talk about these days? When we talk about sin, we think about those that are doing something wrong. But there's another form of sin. Those that are not doing anything right. Because I guess it's easy to judge those that are doing something wrong. There's a, there's a sin, I call it the sin of nothingness. Where you are not doing anything. You are just sitting here, clapping hands, singing here. Then go home, be your lazy self. Come back next week, Sunday. Clap your hands, go back home, be your nothing self. Come back again next week. And then it's June, nothing has happened. You have not moved, you have not, you have not even discipled one person. But you are here every Sunday. You are wasting a spot. The sin of nothingness. Listen to what James, listen to what James says. James, James says, James 4.15, he says, Instead, you should say, our tomorrow are in the hands of the Lord, and if he is willing, we will live our lives to the fullest and do this and that. But here you are boasting in your ignorance for the presumption of what you will do tomorrow. This is where I love it. He says, so if you know of an opportunity to do the right thing today, yet you refrain from it, you are guilty of sin. If God opens a door and you do not walk through it, you are guilty of sin. We are quick to point out the sinners in the street while we are the sinners in the church. 
It says, if, if the door is open, if God has taken his effort to open the door for you and you don't walk through it and you are fasting, is looking at you. Fasting for what? I can't open the door. You see, guys, I'll tell you this. More Christians are, are, are guilty of the sin of nothingness than any other sin. And we sit down talking about what other people are doing wrong. And the question is, Sia, what are you doing right? Because you think just because you are not doing anything wrong, you are. God says, these people in the city are not going to save themselves. This government is not going to fix itself. This the boys are not going to develop themselves. These broken marriages are not going to prepare repair themselves. You are sitting here. You are telling me about the prostitute. You are worse than them. Because they don't know me. You know me. What's your excuse? He says they are doing sin because of ignorance. You are sinning because of arrogance. Because they don't know me. That's why they are sinning. You know me. You know who I am. And you are sitting here. You have my power inside of you. You are singing here. The resurrection power of Christ is inside of me. For what? It's still January. I'm calm down. I'm going to calm down. You see, guys. You see. For me. I'm tired of. Bazarani being jokes. In this, in this business space, we are jokes. When we are leading nothing. In the political space, we are jokes. In, in workspaces, we are jokes. In, in, in marriages, like we are, we are jokes, Jane. Then what makes the, the resurrection power of Christ attractive if we are just as good as the rest? What is the X factor? Excellence must be the, 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 the entry barrier for a Christian. They can't be always talking to you about, and you say you are Christian, but they are always talking to you. Hey, Rekupa report, Rekupa report. Can we please have a report? Can we please have a report? Yet you are Christian. You are embarrassing Jesus, man. Guys, they must, they, they must come to you, Brasse. When they look at your business, they're like, what's the difference? Like, no, I serve Jesus. That's why my business is like this. It's just that Jesus will never deny us. But some of us, Jesus was going to say, please don't, don't mention me when you get there. Because you are, don't, don't, don't say to people you know me. Guys, have you ever had people that you don't want them to mention that they know you because of how they are? Like when they, when you are walking in the mall and they come here like, and you're walking with people, serious people, and they cut you the comes and like, I'm, I'm like, you must not see me. And then he says, hey, Pastor, after Katuri leaves, they go like, you know that guy? Yeah. Yeah, I know him. Is he, is he a member of your church? Uh, yeah. God says, 
And, and Jesus says, yeah, he's a member of, and I gave him the resurrection power. I'm not sure. I gave them life and life in abundance. I'm, I'm just not sure what, what's going on. Like Jesus, they, they want the marriage is not is it is it yours as well? He says, Ish. yeah, it's mine. But Ish. yeah, I did you also give him life and life in abundance? Yeah, did you also give him the Holy Spirit? You pour out the Holy Spirit on him. Like yeah, Ish. I did, and then. And then, and then, maybe we must sometimes, guys, have a counseling session and sit down and say, Sia, you just sang here, I'm standing on promise tomorrow you are lazy. What promises are you standing on? Can we can we talk to each other? Say, so, you know, we're standing on the promises of this God. God is like, listen, man, I, on, on, in seven days, I created the heavens and the earth. I only rested when I was done and only when what I was doing was very good. He says, God, on the first day, he created. On the second day, after he created for the second day, he looked at it. It says it's good. And on, he, he didn't stop because it was good. He looked at it. It says, this is good. And the next day, he created again. And he, the Bible says he did not sleep. That means the whole night, he was still creating, even though it was good. So our God does not stop at good. He does not submit an average way. He does not submit what is expected. He goes above and beyond. The Bible says, and he created on the third day, and then he looked at it, it says, this is good, and then what did he do on the fourth day? He created again, and he created on the fourth day, and he looked at it, it says, this is good. On the fifth day, what did he do? And he created on the sixth day, and the Bible says, he looked at what he had done, it says, this is good. What did he do on the seventh day? He created again, and then when he was done, he says, it is the message translation says and the and god says this is good very good that's what the message translation says it was no longer just good god didn't stop at good he stopped at very good he says when i was done creating very good i then went to this guy and I started created. I started creating him with the same hands that created what was very good. And I create him. And when I was done creating him, I breathed inside of him the same spirit that created very good. And I, inside of this guy, I breathed in him what created what was very good. I was giving him the capacity. I was giving him the authority. I was giving him the power. I was giving him the strength. I was giving him the authority to create what is very good not what is average not what is below average not what is expected but what is very good the spirit of God in us is a spirit that does things very good it's not the spirit that stops at good the person who stops at good in your life is a stranger 
it is not who you are the laziness in your life is a stranger it is not who you are listen to what Moses says to the children of Israel as I'm closing Numbers 23 Numbers 23 Moses says if you do not do what you say you will be sinning against God you can be sure that your sin will drag you down so go ahead, build a tower for your families and crawl for your, love, crawl for your livestock. Do what you said you will do. Moses says, on Sunday you say you will stand on the promises of God. Do what you said you will do. You sang the other day, say, I'm not going back. I won't go back to the way I used to be. Do what you said you will do. This morning here, you said, God deserves all the glory. He says, do what you said you will do. You said this year is going to be a year where you come closer to God. Do what you said you will do. you said this year is a year where you are going to serve do what you said you will do I say and God gave them dominion over and he say guys you see I, I want to challenge you if you have no intention of doing it don't sing it. Because we make commitments in songs. I will serve no foreign God. And then you go and bow before your own needs. It says, don't sing it. You are my only God. Then you go and serve yourself. Moses says to the children of Israel, guys, do what you said you'll do. This year you made a commitment to God and say, God, I'm going to live for you. Do what you said you will do. This year you said, I'm going to dedicate my business to God and I'm going to see it grow and serve more people. Do what you said you will do. Hannah says to God, he says, if you give me a son, I will dedicate this child to you and give him to you. And when God blessed her with the child, she did what she said she will do. And the child grew up to be a strong and a mighty man. Why? Because she did what she said she will do. Some of us, we are struggling in areas in our lives because we promised God one thing and when he gave us that thing, we did something else. I said, God, if you blessed me with a, with a growing church, with a life-giving church, I will make sure that it's always in your hand and I will never abuse your people. Two years down the line, I'm manipulating you. Listen to what Paul says as I close here's some encouragement for you Romans 7 18 for I know that nothing good lives within the flesh of my fallen humanity the longings to do what is right are within me but the willpower is not enough 
to accomplish them. Can I tell you, Katludi, your willpower is not enough. Our willpower, guys, is not enough. Our willpower is not enough to sustain the promises of God. We need something more. We need something stronger. Our willpower is not enough. Then my lofty desires to do what is good are dashed when I do the things I want to avoid. So if my, my behavior contradicts my desire to do good, I must conclude that it is not my true identity doing this. Oh, Paul, Paul, Paul. Paul says, man, it doesn't matter how bad I've fallen. This is not me. Paul says, doesn't matter how much I've been here, this is not me. Paul says, this is not who I am. I refuse to identify with this fallen nature. There's a stranger in I am, this is not who he says, I conclude that this is not me, but the unwelcome intruder of sin hindering me from being who I really am. Can I tell you that inside that lazy person that you see now, there is a productive person inside of you, and that is who you are. Inside that gossiping person, there is a productive person inside of you and that is who you are inside the sinning person there is a God loving person inside of you and that is who you are refuse to identify with the weakness in you refuse to identify with the intruder guys let me tell you quacks the day after the moment after you don't do what you said you will do, speak and say, I am the righteousness of God. I know that I just sinned right now, but I am still the righteousness of God. And I, you speak it until your behavior aligns to your identity. Speak it until your, 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 your behavior aligns. Paul says, Ah. I refuse to accept that this is me. It's not. Says Paul says, ah, it's not me. I'm not this guy. Refuse to identify with the weakness in you. You are the righteousness of God. Confess that until your behavior aligns. Let the weak part of you know who you are. Can you play that video and then we close?
say you do not belong here i am the righteousness of god look at the weakness inside of you says you don't belong here i am the called of god i am not beneath i am ahead look at the lazy person inside of you and say i have been given dominion that is who i am you need to stand up and begin to speak to yourself and say you need to know who you are you are a child of God. You need to remember the image that you were created in, in the likeness of our God. You need to remember, you need to wake up and realize that you are the powerful, the image, the likeness of our God. In 2022, remember who you are. Walk into that office like you know who you are. You say, I am the righteousness of God. When he created me, he created me in his image and in his likeness. Let me read for you this verse. Ephesians 3 verses 20. He says, never doubt. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you to accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. You, your most unbelievable dreams, he will exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Remember who you are. You see, you're, you're, my brother, I want you to go and triple size a hundred times the vision you have for that church because God does not have a small vision. His vision is a big vision for this city. His vision for this city through your life is chain-breaking vision. It's life-restoring vision. It is a multi-generational vision. It is a multi-site vision. It is a powerful vision. It is a chain-breaking vision. Go and stand in that vision refuse to think small when you have such a big God Paul says willpower will not do it but the spirit of God will the spirit of God lives inside of you Paul, 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 Peter, Peter, Peter Peter was one of the 12 guys 
who failed to chase out the 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 boy who was demon possessed remember the story that was peter peter is the same guy who denied jesus you remember that peter peter, peter was the same guy who slept when jesus was going up there to pray remember that the guy peter is the same guy who denied jesus you remember him acts 1 the bible says when they were in the upper room holy spirit the same breath that created the man from nothingness god breathed into man says the bible it's called the ruach of god god breathed into with adam and say and Adam was resurrected. And in X1, God breathed the same breath into Peter. He says, God, he says, you slept when I asked you to, to not sleep, but now I'm breathing inside of you. You denied me, but now I'm breathing inside of you. You cut someone's yes, but now I'm breathing inside of you. God breathed inside Peter. My God. And in Acts 9, in Acts the Bible says there was a woman called Tabitha. And Tabitha died. And the community said, call Peter. <laughs> They're like, we're not calling the Peter who denied Jesus. We're not calling the Peter who slept. We're not calling the Peter who cut someone's ear. We're not calling the Peter who did all those kinds. We're calling the Peter who received the breath of God. The Peter who received the breath of God. And Peter came, and Peter came, and Peter said, Tabitha, stand up and walk. Peter says to Tabitha, Tabitha was dead. Tabitha was dead. Peter, Peter says, Tabitha, stand up and walk. But what did Jesus say? When the little girl was dead, says Talita stand up and walk. He says, now I don't just know his patterns. Now I have his power inside of me. He says, I don't just know his patterns. Now I have his power inside of me. There is stuff you are going to speak to that did not listen to you last year. But this year, it is going to listen to you because you have the Spirit of God inside of you. God has breathed inside of you. You are coming alive. He says, I'm the, I used to sleep when Jesus said I must wake up. Oh, I used to, I used to be impulsive cutting people's ears. But now I have the spirit of the living God. He says, you are dealing with a different kind of Peter. Uh, you are not dealing with a stranger anymore. You are dealing with Peter who has the spirit of the living God inside of him. You look into that marriage, you say, I'm not, I'm not coming to you in my willpower. I'm coming in the spirit of God. You look at that business, it says, you are, you are meeting a new person. I'm not coming to you with my willpower. I come in the spirit of the living God. I command. 
command you to stand up and walk. There's stuff you walked away from because you believed that they were not for you. But now that you have the spirit of the living God, you go back to them and say, stand up and walk. There are doors you walked away from because they were closed. You tried to open them with your hands. I want to challenge you. Go and open them with the spirit of the living God. Go and speak and say, you draw, open up in the mighty name of Jesus. They're like, the intruder is kicked out. They're like, I don't bow to the weaker nature anymore. I have the spirit of the living God. Doubt is the spirit of a weaker nature. Fear is the spirit of a weaker nature. Self-condemnation is a spirit of a weaker nature. Small thinking is a spirit of a weaker nature. You are not being saved by thinking small. You are safe when you are thinking with God. You are safe when you are taking risks with God. You are safe when you are climbing the mountain with God. You are safe when you are walking on the seas with God. You are safe when you are following the ocean of God. Peter was safer than all the 11 disciples in the boat. Even as he was drowning, he was safer because he was responding to the mighty king of kings. You were not called to live a safe life. You were called to live a mountain-moving life. You were called to to live a dominion life. You were called to live a life in abundance. He says, the enemy has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy John 10. 10, But I have come that they may have life. But I don't just want to give them life. I want to give them life that is overflowing. I want to give them life that is abundant. Now begin to walk in abundant life. By faith in Jesus Christ. Guys, I am allergic to small thinking. Because the spirit in me never agrees with it. now in the same authority that the spirit is moving in there are some of us that need to start praying in tongues and there are those that need to be filled with the holy spirit in this house we are not going to speak of these things but not live them out so to those of you that have already the spirit living and gushing out of you you need to stand in the gap for others and pray in the spirit but others you need to open up and let that spirit come out from you Right now, Bogato is going to lead us and he's going to usher us. But we are going to stand in the spirit and accept the power. We are going to accept that comes from him. We are going to accept feeling that comes from God. Right 
Genesis Genesis 1 Genesis 1 and God says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and then the spirit of the God and then the spirit of God hovered over it and God said let there be light spirit of God is hovering over this place and he's illuminating every dark place in your life and he's speaking over it and saying let there be light the spirit of God is hovering any barren place in your life and he's saying let there be light the Spirit of God is hovering any fruitless place in your life and is saying, let there be light. The Spirit of God is hovering and is chains over your life and he says, let there be light. The Spirit of God is hovering over any saying let there be light the Holy Spirit is hovering over any part of your life that is not fruitful and he's saying let there be light Father God thank you for speaking to us in such a mighty and a powerful way this morning we are so thankful and we are so grateful we thank you for loving us we thank you for honoring us with your presence. We thank you for honoring us with your love. We give you all honor and praise. We give you all the honor and the praise. We give you all honor and praise. We give you all honor and praise. We give you all the honor and the praise today for you are deserving thank you for what you have done amongst us we thank you for the chains that you have broken we thank you for the dreams that you have revived we thank you for the restoration that has happened in this place we thank you for your love that you have released we thank you for your power that you have released we are just so thankful and we know that we will never be the same again we know that our families will never be the same again we know that our lives will never be the same again we know that our minds our hearts our bodies our dreams our workspaces our families our marriages our friendships our spirit our prayer lives everything that we are will never be the same again. We thank you. We honor you. In the matchless name. The mighty name. The name by only which we are saved. The name that is higher than any other name. The name at which at its mention. 
every knee will bow and every tongue will confess the name at which we run to and we are safe the name of Jesus the name of Jesus our savior the name of Jesus our redeemer the name of Jesus our warrior the name of Jesus our champion the name of Jesus our lover our fortress the name of Jesus the one who has conquered for us the one who seated on the throne advocating on our behalf we are so grateful we are so grateful we are so grateful we are so grateful I just want to tell someone this morning that those chains are broken those limitations are gone go and live with that truth do not allow yourself to be bound ever again in how you think in how you speak in how you walk in how you interact go and make Jesus proud Amen Thank you for joining us today we believe that this message has been a blessing to you why not be a blessing to someone else by sharing this message with them also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Goodbye and God bless.